Southwood Studios in Johnston Proper. You are live from the path. You're listening to Live from the Path. We're coming from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. Yeah, you are. Okay. <laughs> hey man, it was a it was a big it was a big news week. You no, know, it's been a couple weeks. Maybe there's been a lot of news floating around. There's stuff going on. But just for the posterity of uh the the, the program and so that you you remember what happened. There are a lot of lots of Supreme Court stuff coming down that had some kind of religious implications, and so there was the striking down of Roe versus Wade, mm-hmm. and the implication of a protected uh, national ab- um, abortion. Historic, yes, historic, yes. historic, uh, a significant, uh, a significant, and if if nothing else, it's been a bellwether of how uh, people have evaluated justices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, basically, since it came in, is that like okay? Is this codified or not? Like, can this change or can't it? Um, People are passionate on either side of the issue. Yes, they are very much so, and very, so very few average like, ah, oh, whatever, take it or leave it. Yeah, I could, you know, however it goes. <laughs> um, and so I did. I do want to talk about this, but I, I want to be cautious about it. Um, and, and maybe what we can just do is kind of get some reaction, not necessarily on the decision itself. But, like, people's reaction to the decision um, has felt I, – I guess maybe I want to try to help guide, if we can, places where we need to be careful of how we're reacting to it, whether you are, are, are pro-life or pro-choice. Um, because I have seen a number uh, – as a society, we don't progress thoughtfully. And, frankly, I, I, I would even caution that the gospel can can find some barriers – where we are not cognizant of the the world that we're in, the people that are reacting to news and situations around us, um, and and where um, there's a there's a, a marriage in here around if we feel like the gospel explodes based upon a government something that that rules uh, um, comes down from a court or for um, a political policy. It's a risk. I think it's a risk. And so um, I just want to talk through a few different things that as I was, I was watching people react, I, I, there, there's been things that, that made just made my heart hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't – it may not be what you presume, um, the types of things that are making my heart hurt around this. And so anyway, I, I just want to talk through some of that stuff. And I want to briefly touch on the other – the other thing that came down was the dude – there was a coach who was um, – after after the, the football games – was going out to like the 50 yard line and praying and you know kids would come out there's kids that would follow him out there and they would pray too and he got fired and they basically ran the ran the case up to the Supreme Court of can you fire is is the religious discrimination can you fire this guy because he's conducting you know public prayer um and he was that was uh, he was vindicated there as well um they said look he was uh, he should not have been fired for that reason it's a it's a private faith um that he just happens to be expressing he's not doing it in the context of being a coach or whatever um and and, and i think maybe there's some themes on where we should um be happy um but also cautious and the line probably splits around what are you protecting as a nation and then 
what are we mindful of as a kingdom? Hmm. And maybe that's where some of the distinctions lie. And so we'll try to get to some of that. Uh, Should we be wearing like black robes on this uh, episode? I think so. I think probably so. We're we're qualified. Prepared? No, no, Dan. This we're we're totally qualified for this. You know, spending many late late hours giving advice to people based upon whatever just popped into your mind. Has has set us up for times such as these. Yes, yes, yes. To be able to help straighten out the world's problems, <laughs> major things that people just need help with. Um, so we're going to do that. Nathaniel, did you um, you locate anything else uh, newsworthy? No, okay. it was all Roe v. Wade stuff. Okay, as it would post. be. Okay, all right. Uh, and then and we'll it's get the talk of the town. It is. It's going around. We'll get some the advice. Real also on dear life in the path. That's the that's the hit. Okay, so let's let's talk about then. As we think about Roe versus Wade, here's here's some of the things that I saw that I think I want to be uh, cautious about, or I want to that I think we need to consider. You guys can can jump in where you see fit, or, or add on, or are you? I think the the start one from my perspective um, is is I, I what I had in my mind is contrasting our reaction to this versus our reaction to proposed stricter gun laws, and and the reason that comparison came to mind was. When it comes to the stricter gun laws, we're like, hey, man, what are you going to do? You're going to make it harder for, for for good guys to have weapons of defense, and additional laws won't make a difference because people who are going to commit criminal acts ignore laws. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so then I look at some of the reactions I'm seeing in Christian circles, and like you, it would – you would assume that the Lord himself descended upon the court um, in, in this reaction. And like the gut thing, which is, hey, Christians believe there is an innocent life and that innocent life is not being protected. And um, there was a – there's a, a – a court ruling, not even, it's not even a law. I think we got to be clear about that. Like even original Roe versus Wade, like we're not pointing back to the everyone can do abortion act. Mm-hmm. We're pointing back to a, a court ruling that said, our, based upon the interpretation of the con, of the Constitution, um, we believe that that covers this. That was the ruling. Okay, so it was it was always a judicial ruling. It wasn't somewhere, and this is the gap, by the way, like where we fight over justices and we fight over interpretations. Things get a lot cleaner if we just pass laws, right? But no one has done that, and so you left it up to the court. I saw a lot of complaints about, hey, this has happened by judicial fiat. Well, I mean, that's how the first thing happened. Yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> yeah. So you know, let, let's at least be let's let's be honest. There's a, there's an ambiguity. In the situation that the Constitution is intending to address, and we should be Christians, you should be familiar with this. The Bible, we do this with Scripture. We say we've got a text handed down to us, and it doesn't cover how I'm supposed to treat people in the grocery line uh, when they run out of food stamps. No, but there's implications based upon what we've learned, and that's and we can apply it. But this is we do this all the time with Scripture, and so we, we're in that same position with the Constitution. And so the the original Roe versus Wade. Um, did that? It said, well, based upon what we read in the Constitution, we believe it extends to this. Now, there's plenty of, you know, legal scholars who said, hey, we think that was poorly, you know, found. We we actually think that was a stretch of the Constitution. And this goes back to like core beliefs of is how living of a document is the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. But but we should be super duper clear that if any politician or group of or political party had the stones to do it, they could have resolved this a lot easier. They punted. Okay, both Democrats and Republicans have punted on this particular measure and left it up to the courts when all you had to do was pass a law and get a president to sign it to say very clearly 
this thing is legal, this thing is not legal. And then the courts would not have the ambiguity that they have. We left it open because we, we didn't have the spine for it. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the clarity then I think for one is be careful on – I think I think this is actually a win even if – you're not going to hear it this way. But even if you're pro-choice, um, this is the nation functioning like it's supposed to. It's the, it's the judiciary functioning like it's supposed to. Um, you're going to have different people. It's it's not a political issue. It's it's a how do we interpret the Constitution issue. Now they do tend to split along relatively close party lines, just generally speaking, of what you're whether you're an originalist or whether you think it's more living, breathing type of thing. Um, but but it's not it's not so much a political thing. The reason you're you're making it a political thing um, is because you don't know how else to point the finger when it, it it's a legislative problem. If we like I said, if we had stated this clear out, so I be careful about the notion of the radicalization of the of the judiciary. And I, I would have given the same. In fact, I think we did the same caution even in um, kind of the o- Obama era, even the Clinton era. Where where we were like, well, the justices have gone nuts. Well, would you leave? Will you give justices room or the half to interpret? Like nothing gets to their desk that is clear. That's how it got to them. Mm-hmm. Is right. because if the law was clear, it wouldn't have made it through all these courts. There wouldn't have been grounds to push it back up there. And so, like the, the, the your, our, our judiciary is in a, a bit of a rough spot. Um, is that like their job is to have to interpret where someone who wrote laws wasn't clear. And so just be cautious about how you know excited we get about how corrupt the judiciary is, whether it's a conservative leaning or whether it's liberal leaning. Every single court is set up to have to handle something where someone didn't state something very clearly. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but I think the risk on the Christian side is that, uh, and this goes back to the gun example, is that the situations of which people were pursuing abortions didn't change just because the law changed. Um, and so, and, and for one, like this didn't this didn't make abortion illegal. It just it just pushed it back to the states, right? Like this didn't say we as a country all agree that this is wrong. It didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. It just said as we're now pockets of you can make a decision. And most certainly there's going to be states uh, who are going to say, yeah, totally. In fact, we're going to find a way to make it it's make it sure it's free, make sure it's paid for by the government, and we're going to encourage, you know, abortion tourism. Like this is totally going to happen. And so yep. um you know, and there's some states who are otherwise uh, who've got trigger laws who are going to automatically um, go through and and make abortion illegal. And so, like, but our, our division didn't change. It's just now expressing itself at the state at the state level. And so, I, I think we should be one very cautious about um, hey, this law will save you know millions of babies. I hope it. I hope or this ruling will. Excuse me. Uh, I hope, but I, I don't. I don't know that that's actually our situation. I'm not sure. This just this pushes the argument to a more local level, mm-hmm. um, and and I and I don't think you're going to find that um, you know suddenly. Well, because because it was it's not forced upon us by the by the federal government that you're going to find states where this was rampant aren't going to continue doing that. Well, and, and the thing is, it does not change the purpose of the church in any way. You know, what we were doing three weeks ago is the same as what we're going to do three weeks from today. That's right. Uh, it's it's Sometimes we put so much emphasis and weight on a, a court decision or a law or whatever government is, you know, governmental leaders in charge at the moment. And, and you look through, through church history, whether, you know, Nero is in charge or Constantine or, you know, 
whoever, Hitler uh, or Bush, uh, whoever is in the heading whatever country, that the Christians there that are part of the church, they have the same mission. That's right. Nothing, not, nothing's different. We're to make disciples. We're to be changing hearts. We're, we're introducing people to the saving uh, power of Jesus Christ and his transformation process that, that takes place in, in, in our lives. And so regardless of what the law says, if you can go out and poke people in the eye and Jesus says, don't poke people in the eye, then it doesn't matter what the law says. People who follow Jesus don't poke people in the eye. That's right. So our goal is to bring people to Jesus and everything else falls in place. Yes. Yes. And that that's where I, I think it, it gets um, – I, I kind of have the same reaction that you've had a little bit that, that I've, I've looked at reactions and I thought uh, – now, on um, full disclosure, I am compl- I, I am thrilled that Roe went versus Wade went down. Okay, I, I want to save every baby possible, right? Uh, but but I, I, I also was not the guy jumping up and down, uh, you know, shooting out fireworks, um, slamming – people against lockers saying you're a loser you know uh right because again nothing's changed for me right right i I, i'm still going to reach into the life of many uh young mothers as possible and say hey would you like to follow jesus here's how you do that number one keep that baby or or adopt it out or at least at least don't kill it you know jesus kind of frowns against killing things uh people um especially innocent ones uh so so the reaction has been strong and almost in your face, and and I, you know I played. I'm not a, like a great athlete, but I played sports in in high school, right? And, and yeah. so so I, I watch sports and stuff, and and I've always I get annoyed at at uh, like a team that over celebrates uh, like a touchdown or 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 something because I think well if you're a winning team you expect to score right yeah. you expect to win yeah and and. I feel like Christians don't know how to win. <laughs> they had a big win, so they're 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 embarrassing themselves and rolling around and throwing things in the air. And they every social media post in every five minutes is like, "Oh yeah, you know you lost, right? Hey, you know we won. You know God now rules because He didn't before." Yeah, and I think it's just we're just looking kind of silly, even though on the inside I might be thinking all those things. Yeah, I don't disagree with them. I'm just not going to go to my neighbor and punch him in the face and say, you're a loser and I'm a winner uh, because the court said so. I, I just yeah. don't think that's appropriate. Well, and, and because I think one of the things that we miss here, um, and this is going to put me in an odd spot, but I, I'm, I, I think where we should um, – where we should be on board like we are – you should be pro women. You should be pro women, not be putting in terrible situations. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like th- there are, um, as as much as they are over um, overstated, right? When you're talking about um, risks to the life of the mother or rape or incest, mm-hmm. right? Like it's the numbers are, are super duper small, um, like whatever one percent or less, two percent or less, something like that. Um, however, um, that doesn't account for how many situations of which. Um, someone has gotten pregnant, thought they were in a committed relationship, and and some jack and apes just walks away, mm-hmm. and and like without without any physical consequences to the man. Like if you if we can't understand that, if we can't sympathize with this situation that we're talking about, which like the, you've got some ideologues in here who like they're they're we're just chucking fire around on both the both the liberal and the and the, and the um. Uh, like Republican side, but like in in the middle, like there's real people trying to sort out. Well, what does it mean for me to have a 
maybe even a mistake of a relationship or one night with a guy who just turned out to be a total doofus um, and he's not going to help me and I got seven more months to be reminded of of what happened um, and to take half of his DNA with me to carry this baby and then have the burden of raising it. Like that's a difficult human problem. Mm-hmm. I don't it doesn't change for me how we understand like protecting life. Mm-hmm. But like what does it feel like for women who are in that situation to have someone who who proclaims the love of Jesus to be like light and fires here? To be pointing fingers and having a vic- does her life feel like a victory? It 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 doesn't. There's a greater context to her life and like I I, I don't I think we be we are, have to be careful in the conversation, like abortion's the worst. It's just the worst conversation because, like, everyone is talking past each other just for the opportunity to have their voice bounce off the back of the room and hear their own selves and be real happy about it. Like, if our conversation is pitting women against babies, we've failed. Mm-hmm. This is a failure of a conversation on the Christian side. Uh, now, don't we shouldn't even be pushed into it. We, we we do not accept the terms that it's that it's woman versus child. Now, I have seen it. I've, I've been surprised actually after this, on the number of people that I know who have come out and just like very firmly and clearly said, um, "Look, I'm not pro-choice. I am pro-abortion. This it, a woman should not be forced to carry a child, like even up to the day before it's born." Hmm. You should just be because she shouldn't be able to have to force to carry something one minute more because it's it's her body. Now here's the deal: when does when does life begin? When does um, when is the child viable? Like there's grays in here some some places in, in Christianity. Like this is super simple, but like what it is to live in that, especially if you're asking for for people who aren't Christians who don't agree with when does your definition of when does life begin? Like they still have to react to like how these laws work, what morality you're, you're imposing by the laws themselves. And so I, I just like nothing about striking down that interpretation of the constitution changes the situation for the, for the, the young lady who's in that situation, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and doesn't change the perilous nature of, of, a, of a thought of this, this child is, is putting a, a risk to the health of mother. And I know Dan, you've, you know, you've gone through this, your family has gone, has gone through this, and I right. think your faith allows, in some ways, for the for the for the knowledge of what to do to be simpler, but not the consequences are gone. <laughs> right? They're super heavy. Right. Of what that means. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, we were in a situation a number of years ago where uh, we we thought we had to choose between the life of the unborn child and my wife, and we both came to the conclusion: well, the 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 baby wins. You know, it, 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 we're going to protect that innocent life. It's not its fault, whatever the situation was. Not everybody would, would go that direction. Sure. Um, but that's how much we um, definitely are on the side of life and, and, and believe that life begins in, at conception. Um, we, you know, my wife was willing to, to go ahead and sacrifice her life for her child because she would do that if it was the child was five and was running in front of a car. Yep. You know, why would I not do it when I'm sitting here in a hospital bed? You know, of course. Let, I, I had a good life. Good luck with our child, right? You know, um, uh, 
But that's because we come from a foundation of faith, and, and right. we have we, that. Those are honest convictions. They're not like we're not. It's not a response to "Oh no, I'm pregnant." It's not a "I don't know how I'm going to afford this." I mean, n- none of those, none of that mattered to us. None of yeah. that was part of our our process. It was okay. We, there's an eternal perspective here. There is a God who created us. We're going to spend eternity. There's an eternity coming up. We want to we want to follow how Jesus we believe would want us to to follow. Uh, and, and that's where we're not. That's what we're supposed to be doing with with yep. the population. Yeah, you, you know, with the people around us. As you go, make disciples. Um, that's why I said, you know, I, I don't, I don't. It's not going to sound right. I don't care what the law is. It doesn't change. That's right. Our, our mission. No, I think that's right. We're teaching Jesus. We're teaching life. We're teaching what the Scripture says. We're teaching there's an eternal soul uh, that that we have and our children have, and 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 there's consequences to our actions. And that's way bigger than can I afford or am I comfortable with the fact that I don't like the father of this child? Yeah. Or how this child was conceived. Th- those are bigger issues than than that. But you don't just push that on someone. You know, three months under their pregnancy, and they're they're processing. You know, that's stuff we have to teach them young, and and or anyway. Well, I mean, so yeah, I mean, get this: the thing, someone still has to live that. Yeah, you know, it's saying like it's 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 one thing. uh, Your principles should should be clear on paper, and we should understand them. But it doesn't mean they're not difficult and and right to 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 walk through, to live through, and it creates a an unfair. An unfair burden upon the lady because the the evidence of whatever is going on is very clear on her life mm-hmm. and like uh, this is it's a failure of men it's a failure of irresponsibility of men it's a failure of communities holding men to account mm-hmm. for things like this and like and I'm not just talking I'm not talking about about rape I'm just talking about families I'm talking about relationships I'm talking about um you just this i'm 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 up for shame here like a guy a guy who behaves in this way and treats women in such a way that this becomes a burden upon her um like we we we've 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 fought for our individuality and the freedom to harm ourselves and to harm each other um and unfortunately the, the consequences in this particular area fall heaviest on a on a mom um and and on young ladies and so like as now here's here's what i know is that you know i've i know and and dan i'm sure you know like i know tons and tons of pastors i can't think of a church where someone could show up and they would not find help in need right I, I just like this is happening. It is happening in churches, and like I, you know, I, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of push on on social media. Like, hey, why aren't find Christians? Why don't you adopt? We're we're adopting the hell out of the world. I'll right, be like right. we are. Um, like we're kick we're we're kicking it. Um, by far, by the way, like Christians by far do most of the adopting. We do most of the funding of the charities that support kids that are waiting adoption they do most of the foster care like it's still generally true that way and so like hey could could we be doing more yes are the people who take on the name of jesus who don't reflect that in any decisions that they make and this largely feels like a political victory to them yes and that i'm embarrassed of that that's shameful mm-hmm. um and and so like yeah you got us on well you got somebody it's not a <laughs> it's a, like the, the point though is is that like um I don't don't get don't get in a piss and mask with the people of Jesus on how we care for the world. We got room to grow, but like we're still killing it by far. Yeah, and so I I, I want to be cautious of that. But like it is also the time of which then 
um, the witness of such is revealed. It, it makes me think about, and this is just we, I'm teaching in this recently in First Peter. There's a, there's a section uh, that causes a lot of trouble among people, and it's where he's he writes in chapter two and three, and he's talking about if you are a household slave, this is how you should conduct yourself. If you're a wife, this is how you should conduct yourself. If um, you should submit to the government, nobody likes this. Nobody likes any of these parts because it's essentially what he what what Peter is doing is advocating for. Um, look, we all know that that imbalances of power should change. We know people shouldn't subjugate each other like this. We know that people should be treated with respect and with honor and be treated fairly. He doesn't advocate that you blow up the structure of which the the society is working, even if even if that's what biblically they would like to, you know, because it wouldn't it wouldn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like Peter could go, hey, you know what? As a household slave, uh, d- d- declare yourself free and fight back. But I mean, it wouldn't. He knew that it wouldn't change. Right. And so the question was: Is how do you live within the constraints of an evil society? And and the, the advocation to to the slave, and this is the same thing Paul basically did in Philemon, and the and the advocation he gives to the wife as well of an un- unbelieving husband is even within those constraints, use your example so that they may meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you go you look at how Paul talks in Philemon, he, he writes to Philemon and says, look, I want you I want you to accept this man back into your household, um, and then you become brothers. The relationship itself changes. Um, and so by, by the Christian example within constraint, the opportunity to show that example um, and, and for Christians to bear up underneath it is the opportunity to be a witness when people are looking. Because in the example that Peter's giving with the wife, like um, to to show honor to a husband who does not follow Jesus and who will not listen to you talk, um, because that was one of the things that like you can talk him all you want to, but he's not going to be listening. Um, but through your example, he will come to know what it means to see Yahweh enter your life and the influence of Jesus Christ on how you interact with him. And then it becomes a place that could change. And so the, the whole, the point I'm coming to here is, is that like, there's a, there's a very, um, there's a very eye of Sauron here on the Christians because they're like, okay, well, what are you going to do with these babies? What are we, how are we going to help with the mothers? Yeah. You know, where these are things Christians are doing, but what I'm saying is, is that like, fine, let them look and, and let them, let them bless their socks off. Yeah, let yeah. them be surprised that the accusation they made against the Christians, like they're going to totally feel ashamed of, because you know what? Everything that they say we're not doing, we're doing. They're doing it. That's right. I, I just this past Sunday was in Matthew 16, where uh, Jesus and his disciples are at Caesarea Philippi, and this is the big uh, place where Jesus says, "Who do people say I am?" And, and then Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he's on this rock. I'm going to build my church, right? Yep. Well, well, that location happens to be a place where there are multiple fertility God temples. Uh, there's a, there's a temple to pan. Uh, they're in a, they're, I mean, you can, you can just, you can find it today, the actual place where they were, right? Yep. Um, there's a, there's a cave there called the gates of Hades where, where they believe pan went for the winters and, and he'd come out. Well, well, the worship of, of, Pan uh, involved all kinds of sexually deviant behavior, including sex with goats. I mean, I mean, it was just, it was just, it was an, and just something that obviously uh, you can go back to Leviticus and God says, yeah, don't do that. Right? I mean, it's just, it's just not. It's completely against his character. Right. So Jesus uh, says, "On this rock, I'm going to build my church." He uses the word talking like a cliff of rocks. It's a big rock. It's called Peter. It's like a small rock, Petrus and Petros. Anyway. 
don't want to get too deep there. Uh, point is, he's pointing at this place where all these temples are and where all those worships taking place, where all these idols are located. You can still see where they were carved into into the the, the edge of the mountain there. He's just like, I'm going to build my kingdom on that right there. That he he did not say we're going to take down all of this sexually deviant behavior with with Roman law. You right. know, he didn't he didn't say we're going to protest and we're going to scream and we're going to get on social media. We're going to shut these people down and we're going to tax them and we're going to do everything we can to get these temples run out of business. He said my kingdom is going to come in. It's going to replace all of that. That as people start following Jesus, you'll just stop having sex with goats, right? And people start following Jesus and they're, they're going to stop uh, having sex with the temple prostitutes and, yeah. and the priests and, and just all the stuff that was going on there. His kingdom is a transformation uh, thing that happens in us as the spirit can, takes over our lives and controls us. It changes us and we just stop living that way. That's kind of what I was saying earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and so, so that's that's why I don't – I just don't get ex- – I try not to get too excited one way or the other on on laws. I have grieved Roe versus Wade over the years. I have yes. prayed for it to end. Uh, I'm thrilled that it ended, but it's still, like I said, it does not change a bit what we are to do. We're to establish the kingdom of God here on earth in in the hearts of people, uh, make disciples, and that that changes everything, whatever the law is, yeah. and, and and that's that's got to be our focus. And we're celebrating the wrong things. Um, I just got a video from some friends who are, we're going to Africa here in a few, like three weeks and they're there right now doing a revival in, in, uh, just a few miles from where we're going. And they sent this video back of just these tons of baptisms happening. There's this big revival going on right now. That's the kind of stuff we ought to be celebrating. Yeah. People are coming to Christ. They're changing their lives. They're, 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 they're deciding to become followers of him. That's going to change things there in that community. That that community will be transformed because the kingdom of God is moving in, and and it'll replace some of the behaviors that they're doing. It's a struggle, and, and you know we all struggle with sin. I'm not saying perfection happens, but uh, that that's that's what happens. That's what the church does. I wish we could focus more on that yep. than uh, all the political action committees and and all the stuff that that takes place. Um, and I, some of us are legitimate, but but still, our focus has got to be uh, spreading the word of Jesus, the gospel of Christ, making disciples of people, building His kingdom yeah. here on earth, and 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 then we're giving glory to God. Yes, yeah, that's that's right. Like uh, any any what feels like political or societal victory that isn't changing hearts and minds for Jesus is not only shallow but it's transient. Mm-hmm. Like how yeah. long? How long has has the, uh, has the pro-choice lobby been celebrating the fact that Roe was codified, and they thought, and it probably wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like humans are fickle, and, and and to be honest, to the point I made at the start of the show, like give it ten years, they could totally get some like legislation where this is not even a question anymore. Like there's yeah. no hope of something being overturned. It's law. Yeah, it's not a judicial problem because someone came in the clear. Pendulum swings. That's right. Uh, yep. And 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 that's not our that's not our God. Our God right. is not a swinging pendulum. Um, the, the, our, our work is the service of the world for the glory of the kingdom, for the transformation of the hearts. And so, like, yep. we just um, – now, now here's, here's, the, here's the, the boundary, though, is I saw um, – I heard a, another pastor talking, and he was saying, hey, I think this is, I, this is not going to work. I don't, we shouldn't be celebrating this at all. Like, it, it doesn't work for Christians. Um, it, we're creating a theocracy by taking our morals – and pressing them upon somebody else. Now, here's the thing. All laws represent 
a set of morals. Right. And so, like, I, it is unfair to tag um, as if this is a Christian theocracy problem um, simply because there's a like there's a there's an implicit morality in every in every set of laws. The question is whose morality is it? Mm-hmm. Like who whose then do I trust? Like the fact that hey this particular law happens to agree with God's position on the matter doesn't make it a theocracy. Like no one was up in arms when we continue to enforce the hey murder in general is bad. Right. No one go, and like that's a clear ten commandment. We don't go oh look a Christian theocracy thou shalt not murder. Look at you trying to press it upon everybody else. And so like. Now, this is where things get super difficult. It's easier, frankly, if you're a Christian, because we go, okay, I, I get, I get God's character. I get how He sees the world. Here's, here's how we should bind ourselves. Here's how our behavior should, should show that. Outside of that, um, you're in a very tricky position because now, like, uh, whose, whose morality do the laws of our society reflect? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it what the majority feel are okay? Because, like, I mean, again, you can totally look back at, at societies through time and be pretty embarrassed of our of, of those societies and even ourselves on the things as a society where we said, you know what? Yeah, that's two-thirds of a person. Yeah. That was a founding document problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, and the majority would have gone gone with it, and we were like, well, yeah. But, like, so so there's a fallibility in, in human morality. But, like, I, th- I think we just got to be careful. I was a little bit um, – I was frustrated with the laziness of this, like because I think in in trying to protect the fact that knowing that that there are going to be quite a few people who feel like they're on the other side of that decision, who they feel like there is there is a um, they're they're being ignored, that their situations are being ignored, um, that they as people are are I don't know being represented without value because this option is off the table. Again, I think it pits the wrong things against each other, but like whatever, like that's how they are. That's how they feel. Um, and and so in order to try to say, hey, like not everyone's setting – not every Christian is like jumping up and down here, um, I, I think the guy overcommitted because like it, it, it just it just isn't – you're not being thoughtful. Like everything represents some sort of – some level of morality um, and frankly trying to sort out the morality among groups of humans is super hard, mm-hmm. is super duper hard because I mean there's some wacky people out there. A lot of them are currently in the prisons. A lot of them are fleeing the police. A lot of them live in your neighborhood. Like you've met some people, and you're like, "This is the guy. This is he's he's he gets to vote in the morality bucket." <laughs> right, right. I mean, like you and I would say, "Well, you can't steal," but someone else would say, "But if they're hungry, right? Then you can. Then you can. Right? That's not stealing. That's just providing. Hey, for you yourself. can't. You can't vandalize. Well, they're angry. Yeah, so like, let them let them you know express themselves. And so, yeah. right, right, exactly. Or like, uh, hey, you can't you can't harm people. Well, it's my kid, and I get to do what I want. Like, we we look at these things and we're like, it can't be this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I, I think we just we got to be careful. This is not. I saw I saw some implication that like uh, that the Christians have been been um, like that our society is becoming. A Christian theocracy. I'm like, are you? There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> no. Um, that is, no. Now, it, now, here's the deal. It might be a. Uh, it might be a. Um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? It might be a Christian coalition type mm. of view. Um, and maybe we're making progress on some of those things. But like, um, this doesn't look like this doesn't look like the kingdom of Jesus. And anybody, any Christian who looks out at our nation and goes, "Oh yeah, this is a mirror of the kingdom of Jesus." Like we, we're we're too caught up in our own structure. And we got to be, and we got to be mindful of that. Now, here's the thing: I think protecting the notion of these freedoms is what allows. I think this is this is all good, and I think there is. We've talked about this before on um, your participation in the political process is important because, like, you are you do get to contribute your voice to 
our collective morality, that you're sourcing it from Yahweh uh, is is irrelevant because someone else is sourcing it from what they thought of that day or or two tokes and a vote, you know, like I, whatever. Um, I, I, I don't – I just – I think we got to be careful um, – there's all kinds of things where we can overreact. To say, it seems so weird. This is such a like a big thing that people are talking about to say, well, don't overreact, but don't overreact. Like, keep the main thing the main thing. Um, and I think you know, if 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 this causes the world or specifically America to shine the light on churches and say, all right, well, are you? If you say it can work where people can take care of mothers and children, then do it. And we should go. Hey, man, we're in. We're in twice. We're in four times, whatever. Let us let us do it. <laughs> and so, maybe encouragement to churches, like um, like I said, a lot of a lot of churches. It's not like you. I can't just can't think of a guy that I've ever met as a pastor who would ever the church wouldn't find some way to help or direct them to good help. But right. like um, this might be the time to be intentional about um, money that's going out the door intentionally for these types of things. Um, you know, are you specific about, hey, you know, 10% of the, of the money that we're taking in is going out to this kind of thing? Um, I, I think that is one of the things that's going to become dif- difficult in the years to come is that as um, – if more things like this happen, religious freedom type of stuff comes by, it's going to continue to draw attention and focus on the church. And I think um, – you know, the last time I saw, I don't know if the numbers are right anymore, but like eighty to ninety percent of the money that comes into churches stays inside, inside the walls, whether it goes to the pastor's salary or whether it goes to like heating and cooling the the operation or whatever. Um, I think that is going to be harder to sustain the narrative if that if that continues to bear out. Hmm. Um, and so I think it's just um, it's not a caution; it's an encouragement. Like. We, we want our money to be going to these ty- – our resources to go to these types of things, our time going to these types of things. It might just be a good time for a health check and go, hey, if someone were to come in and look, what would they say our priorities were? And does our does our, does our giving reflect that? Does our time and commitments reflect that? And it's, it's sort of a prayer option. Don't allow outside forces to force you to do things that you know aren't right for your either your congregation or, or you. But like I'm just saying it's kind of a good time to say, look, if my mom's going to look in my bedroom and see whether it's clean, I might check, take a look around and say, is it? Is this what I want to present back? Mm-hmm. Kind of yes or no? Yeah, yeah. Okay. What do you think, Nathaniel? You're just kind of hanging tight over there. What, do you, uh, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> I'm deeply in agreement. With you and Dan, deeply. I also, until Sunday, when you mentioned it, I, I, uh, I don't really watch the news, and I didn't even know it was going on. You had no idea. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I, uh, so after you said it on Sunday, I popped on the Facebook. I was like, <laughs> I'm sure I'll find something about this out. And uh, boy, howdy, did I. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody might be saying something. Yeah, yeah, somebody might have something to think about this. And I was like, it was, it was almost overwhelming. With the amount that there was, a yeah, uh, about it, yeah. Um, but yeah, I had no, I don't, I don't, I maybe that's a miss on my part, but I don't, I didn't, I didn't know at all. I mean, I feel like you should probably know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you doesn't have to overinvest in the reaction like we've been discussing, but I mean, you know, maybe keep up with the times just a hair. Yeah, okay. I'll pick up a paper every now and again. Okay, <laughs> get the newspaper. I get the newspaper. <laughs> Seventy-five cents. Pull up a chair to the radio. <laughs> hey, For real though, I used to know all sorts of news because I had a, a thirty-minute commute and I would listen to NPR. Right, whether that's uh, you know good news or bad news or indifferent, uh, I at least knew things. Right. Uh, I, yeah, no yeah, more. 
No more. No, I, there's a health to that, and then there's a dishealth to it. I'm of two minds. You can just catch me on a Tuesday. I, we'll see how I feel about it. Sometimes I'm like, let's let's bail and let's not take anything else in. Let's let's corrupt my mind. And then you go like, but what are people? What does the corruption look like? So I can pick it out. I'm gonna start doing know. this. I'm gonna text you every every uh, every Wednesday. I'm gonna say, hey Ben, what's the news? Okay, that's an idea. Here's you, the thing: you overconsume news. I do. I do. Here's so, the problem. I'll get the highlights. I, luckily, I don't think anybody I work with actually listens to the program, but I'm on a, quite a few boring meetings where people are jibber-jabbing around for their own glory. And so I just pick up uh, – I'm just picking up news, reading around, seeing what's going on in the world. <laughs> uh, okay, so there was another major – well, okay, I, I, I almost hesitate to do this. But, like, um, if you listen to everything we just said and have a reaction to what we actually said, not a, I think it's great – or I think this is terrible, but like within the context of the, I want to say nuances and grays and the principles that we just discussed, and you feel like you you want to add to that conversation, I am interested. I would love to hear it. Um, you can give a call to the Life from the Path Bob Eisler complaint line. That's five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. Call or text. Um, we would love to hear from you. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I'd be particularly interested in. So like a the thought of um now now then how shall we live so ba- like and i think dan's point is basically the same as you did before um <laughs> but like maybe the question is with a heightened with a heightened view on it you know have have you done an inventory either personally or within your church or uh within your small group of folks or your family or whatever and said you know uh i would have i i put uh 20 posts on social media and I gave eight bucks, or I refused a conversation, or I know, like I'm, I haven't met a single mother in ten to, ten years. Okay, well maybe we got to change where we're, where we're at and what we're doing. If we're not running into people, I, that's one of the biggest cautions. Is that like um, y- your principles? And I th- even if I think they're good and godly, just recognize that they may hit you differently because you're not in that position. It doesn't mean that they're not right. It just means that there's a context to people's lives of which they have to digest this. And, like, it doesn't help um, <laughs> even if uh, – oh, yeah, that's, that's a bad example. I, it, if someone was hungry and you thought, well, they could probably eat a lion and you just threw it over the, threw it over the wall and said, good luck. It's right. You should be able to eat this lion. Like you may have thought you've been helpful, but like they might need some help here in, you know, I don't know, eating the lion or, or knowing how to prepare it or whatever. I just, I knew this was a bad example. I couldn't come up with a better one. I had to go with it. But like I, I just um, – if I, I try to make a point, especially with really hot-button things, to like make sure I'm close enough to a situation or know people in that situation – Hopefully, people who would disagree with me who are in that situation, so that I I am I know what context I'm speaking into, um, because even if your words are true, it doesn't matter how people are going to receive them, and what you intend may not be received the way you expect simply because you didn't know the context you were speaking into. And so, anyway, it's just a it's just a, a caution. Um, but I'd be interested to see whether anything about this situation caused you to rethink things that you're doing, things that you're preying on. Um, situations that you're exposing you and your family to or your church to. Um, I, I'm particularly interested in that, but if you've got any thoughts, let us know. Um, call or text the uh, Bob Eisenhower Life in the Back of Playland, 515-517-0085. There was another, 
uh, I don't, I don't, big Supreme Court case, at least from a religious liberty front. Let me just read the, the quick summary. The United States Supreme Court has ruled that a Washington school district was wrong to punish a high school football coach for praying on the field after games. In a decision released Monday morning, the Supreme Court ruled 6-3 to three that the Bremerton School District discriminated against Coach Joe Kennedy. Justice Neil Gorsuch delivered the court's opinion. Does matter? Kennedy prayed during a period when school employees were free to speak with a friend, call for a reservation at a restaurant, check email, or attend to other personal matters. He offered his prayers quietly while students were otherwise occupied. Still, the Bremerton School District disciplined him anyway. Both the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment protect expressions like Mr. Kennedy's. The Constitution and the best of our traditions counsel mutual respect and tolerance, not censorship and suppression for religious and non-religious views alike. Um, so in, in general, um, the, the, the contention here was – and I think this is – this again is sticky, and I think we got to recognize that if it's at the court, it's because our um, – we've not passed laws that provide clarity um, – the concern on the other side, we're like, well, okay, people should be able to pray, but he said he was the coach, so he's an authority figure. Some of the students went out there, and so there was a concern on the some of the other students who weren't going out there who said, does this put me in a um, the potential for like a discriminated against position? Because if I don't go out and pray with him like everyone else is going out and praying with him, um, you know, I felt I, I feel forced to. And so that, that's essentially what the um, that's essentially what the case was about. I, I think what was interesting was is that this this seems like a like a legal question that is religious irrelevant. Like in general, it would be like like if let's say I, I worked in an office building and my boss really loved to uh, like he loves nachos, Nacho Wednesday, he says, and he, he invites every all the people to come out to Nacho Wednesday who are on our team. If like there's ten people and eight of them go. Me and the other dude are going to be like, you know, I don't really – I don't care for nachos at all to be honest with you, and I'm busy Wednesdays. But like my whole team's there. I feel like they're getting in good with the boss, and I uh, I feel compelled to go. Mm-hmm. Like I, I get it. Like it feels like the same type of situation. We're saying you know, when someone has some sort of level of authority or power or influence over you, um, how much should you feel compelled to do the things that they're doing because it keeps you in their good graces? Now – I don't think that part's constitutionally protected. You don't have to go if you don't want to. And frankly, like if he, if if my boss is discriminating against people because they don't show up to Nacho Wednesdays, or the coach is saying, "Look, I'm going to treat you differently because you don't pray at the 50 yard line with me," then he's a bad coach, and you should fire him. I'm fine with that. That's not that's not firing him for his religious beliefs. That's firing him because he is using his religious beliefs. To otherwise not make thoughtful decisions around the thing you actually hired him to do, and mm-hmm. so I actually don't I don't care whether they, if they fired him for that reason, but they didn't fire him for that reason. They fired him because they felt like it put some sort of pressure on these kids because he then might do that. And I don't I don't I'm not sure that that should be legally protected. And frankly, ignore the fact whether you have a problem of his religious beliefs or not. I, I don't know that most people actually think that either. That like someone should be forced to basically not be themselves or allow anything that they believe that someone might cause uh, offense or difference of opinion on um, lest someone feel pressured to go along with it because you're in a position of authority. Like my boss has to give up nachos. Lest at Nacho Wednesday, he loves Nacho Wednesday. It's his favorite. Hmm. Uh, but he has to give it up because two guys thought that he might, you know, not treat them very well if they didn't show up. I did. This this seems well ruled to me, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
And so I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like yeah. it was interesting because looking at both of these cases, uh, I thought, you know, I, I read them. Like I get the law. I understand the the law's perspective. I, the the moral questions weren't answered here. The law questions were answered here. Mm-hmm. Um, the moral questions show up in, in in better or clearly more clearly written laws. Yeah, that 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 was a hard one for me because, like, I just if I were one of the players, I would just be like, I wouldn't care if I mean I wouldn't feel pressured. Right. I just I'm just not my personality, and I, I, I never go with the crowd necessarily. I mean, if I want to do what the crowd's doing, I go with the crowd. But I don't like that. Doesn't that's not the reason I go with the crowd? It's like oh, I got to be like everybody. Right. So I, I've never quite understood that thinking. Um. So yeah, I've I've I kind of struggled with the whole conversation about it because I don't I don't know how to relate to. My wife is a pleaser, so she she would probably be one of the first ones. I better go over and pray, and I'm like, well, why? Because well, because the coach is watching. It's like, well, then you should pray somewhere else because that's not why you pray, right? You know, but but <laughs> so so I, I kind of get it because yeah. you know I, I but but I don't at the same time. Yeah, uh, I just think we'll just stop it. Just be your be your own self. Be, be do your own thing, and uh, don't worry about it. Um, I like if I was the coach, I'd be like, "Hey, I'm going over here and pray." Lost my job. Okay, I'm still going to pray. I mean, yeah, you know, you're not going to stop me from praying, right? So, so I understand where he was coming from too. Yeah, I, you know, it's 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 such an odd thing because like this came up. Um, this has come up in societally on the around this notion of people feeling like they have to do or say or behave in a certain way around people who have positions of authority over them mm-hmm. um we talked a lot about it with it with, with like through some of the me too stuff but like in general the, the question is is that like you know people feel like they have to um go along because someone has some level of power authority and and like it's it's it, it gives I, I'm, I can't talk to every circumstance i don't know you know i'm a white dude i don't know what it's like to be all kinds of other situations but like um like I think we got to be real cautious as a society that we don't start drawing the same thing that we would have said that the Pharisees failed at, right? Like drawing lines in front of lines in front of lines, lest something that could happen but isn't happening may never, right? Because we we thought he might this might be some sort of problem, and so you know I I think we just have to be cautious about that kind of thing. I think it's 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 right. Like I think we always need to be we should always question folks in authority and and like you're you're an American. You're, we're bred for this. <laughs> is to look at people who are supposed to have some level of authority over us and go, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that guy takes a dump like everybody else and so I don't think I'm going to do that. And so like like you should question that. Um and and but but I I think we're in a weird spot societally where um we we have I don't know when this changes or maybe maybe this is, is to leave it to Beaverish where it felt like we had a place where like our principles were more important and we were willing to deal with the consequences where we said uh, you know hey look my boss says I gotta do this to get ahead and I said no thanks I'll work somewhere else you're a sleaze bag you know and like I get it yep. the, the things and, and the things in society are difficult because like well I'm I'm I don't have a job I can't take care of my family uh, you know I, where we stand on principle. And they're principles that other people agree with. I bet we can find ways to care for situations where people are standing up for what's right. Um, and I, I get it. Just leave me alone. Don't send me a bunch of stuff. I, I get there's there's places where maybe those folks feel like they don't have a voice or a way to say it or ways to support. I'm, I'm I get it. But my broad point is is that like, um, what good is the principle if we're not willing to hold to it? And 
you know, but 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 also it's not fair to say everybody that is everybody that is in a position of power authority should be questioned. Like you should have some some healthy skepticism of them because they're guiding you and things that, that you're supposed to be doing. However, it doesn't presume it's not fair to presume that just because someone has a level of authority that they will misuse that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Like think of think of how many people look up to, you know. Uh, coaches or mentors or leaders of dance troops or like people who were better parent type figures than their own parents, they had power, they had positions of authority, and they used it for awesomeness, and that and that encouraged people and helped them be better humans, pastors and elders and you know big brothers and big sisters. Like all, there's all kinds of structures where there's like um there's a submission in there somewhere that says I'm willing to defer to this person whom I trust to guide my life. Um. And so I, I just – you lose potential if we say, well, no one can have that and then act within their own personality in that lest they mislead or force someone. I think we just got to be super careful. So I, I'm actually good with the ruling. Nathaniel? I love the ruling. You were aware of this one as well. You studied <laughs> I, it closely. Yeah. Okay. I was actually unaware of it until – you started talking about it this evening. Holy kiss. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, Dan, have you seen any any reactions on that one? I, not, no. Not that I can think of. Hmm. I mean, I probably have. I probably, it, it wasn't as out there as, as like the Roe versus Wade or pro or against, you know. Yep. There, there was not a lot of arguing on it that I, that I saw. Yep. Um, other than I, I think I saw somebody say, hey, a lot of wins for Jesus this, this week or something. And I'm like... Okay, I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 that's where I'm cautious. Like on this, yeah. I think I think that case is a thing of a type. Uh, I think it could have been about the nachos, and it's the same question to yeah. me. I, this that that one's not a win for Jesus. This is a, how do we how do we safeguard things within our society, and and how do we know when we're overstepping like minority report style and trying to prefigure whether someone's going to be hmm. offensive or not or yeah. misuse their power? I think. Um, yeah, so I've seen I, it framed as a religious liberties win, you know, and, and yeah, I, like, I think that overstretches it. Yeah, I think I, it overstretches it. Yeah, it's not your time. It, the guy, I mean, it happened to be about that, but it's not like it, it wasn't that the Supreme Court goes, "Hey, man, yeah, we're pro prayer." That wasn't what they were doing. They're saying he's a he's a private citizen, and his his influence was not mandatory at the time. People chose whether they wanted to join or not, and frankly, mm-hmm. he's he's free to pray just like he's free to. You know, sing the hits of Marvin Gaye on the fifty-yard line if he wants to. Right. You know, like it's the same thing. Um, it happened to be prayer, which is a loaded religious thing. I get that, but like, I, I don't. Um, I think it overstretches what they ruled to act like it's a religious liberty issue. It's there. It's a constitutional question that just happened to be a prayer thing for this man. Yeah. I mean, I would think if if it was a Muslim and he ran out there and put a prayer carpet down. And, and started going through the prayer time, uh, they probably would have responded the same way. Like, hey, hey don't don't do that right here. <laughs> yeah, know? don't do it on the fifty yard line. I mean, go 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 somewhere else. Which is interesting, right? Because like, if I'm okay with this this guy doing Christian prayers at the fifty yard line, as a as an American, am I just as good with the with the Muslim putting out the prayer rug? Right, I, I'm assuming in, in a Supreme Court setting that that, that that's opening up to anything. Yes, if you're a Satan worshiper, you get to go slay a goat and uh, you know have a sacrifice. And this is what's difficult. 
this is the and this goes now we again now, now you're you're facing the problems of a common morality that doesn't roll up to a trustworthy god it's just a guy like you know you i want to pray to jesus this guy wants to you know eat my cat for the glory of beelzebul like i uh-huh. <laughs> this is it's very difficult to come with a reasonable moral plane um and, but but see as an american i would say if this is that's it's a win for religious liberty if you also count the muslim mm-hmm. And so this is where I think we have to be – you have to be fair. The precedent set here says uh, there isn't anything about a religious observance post-football game that would cause someone to say, hey, you can't do that. You can't. And so like um, I, this is – I just – Christians, you got to be – don't be too narrow. No one converted to the Lord Jesus today because that court case was won. In fact, what, what you did, if anything else, is you set a precedent that makes it easier for – alternative viewpoints to behave in similar ways and frankly from an american perspective they should be free to do so from a christian perspective i don't like that because it could influence people negatively but like yeah i just be careful be careful I mean, where your victories are at what if i go to the nudist church and it's well i'm gonna go pray and i, I didn't see that example coming nathaniel were you thinking like you know honestly 20 to 1 on nudist it. church i didn't know a nudist <laughs> church was a thing you guys aren't hip is that a thing, Dan? Oh, oh, absolutely. What? Man, it's been around a long time. I remember when I was in college, someone put a flyer on my window once, and they were tr- inviting me to the nudist church. Were there, was it, were there nude people was, on the flyer? Uh, well, I did, no. I mean, it was like <laughs> 80s, you know, poorly type. Oh, yeah, that's know. true. I mean, <laughs> the options for flyer making were lower in the 80s. Exactly. Okay, I had to you. go to professionals to have little <laughs> flyers made. Um, that was before the, the personal computer. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, it was pretty crude, and there were, I don't know, it was just a bunch of writing like, hey, come to the nude church because, you know, in Genesis, they were nude and felt no shame. Therefore, that's how we are. And uh, huh. it was a real legit uh, thing. Oh, man. You were born of your father, Adam. You do have shame. Put a loincloth on, friend. <laughs> Okay, wow! That's like a thing now. Like people are still doing this type of thing. You know, I haven't I haven't uh, looked into that in recent decades. Uh, just at the time, I've, I've used it as an example for different things in the class I teach sometimes right. uh, about interpreting scripture. Like you know, let's look at some basic hermeneutics. Like they're probably incorrect, <laughs> right? <laughs> in interpreting that particular scripture. Yeah, um, that's why it comes to mind once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's let's uh, give some advice so that we can call it a day here. Um, here we go. Dear, live from the path. I love my husband, but I'm getting tired of being a second-class citizen in my home. Uh-oh. It started when we bought a van from a friend of mine. We talked about different things we could do with it, fix it up in a little and sell it, or use it for vacation. But somehow along the line, it was suggested that we let my ex, Paul, buy it from us because he's homeless and chooses to let everyone else take care of him. The van is now fixed. Paul lost his job and is now living in the van in my driveway. The problem is he doesn't stay in the van. He crashes on my couch, uses my electricity, water, etc., and now eats my food. I told my husband this is not healthy for my mental well-being. My husband and I – this is a weird situation. My husband and I own our own business, and Paul has now become involved in that too. My husband says he can use the help, and it gives Paul money to move. The only problem with that is my ex doesn't use the money for bills. He blows it on junk he doesn't need. I'm tired of raising a 41-year-old grown man. Help. Which man is she referring to, her husband or her ex-husband? Yeah, right. <laughs> They're both children. Wow. That is bizarre. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to restate it for the, the facts for the jury here. Uh, she, she was married, divorces Paul. 
marries another man. They have a business from their house. Or, or they, 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 they run their own business together. Uh, she they, – they discuss buying a van. They, they buy a van, and I think un, like in discord with her, they fix up the van, but then the now husband suggests that the ex-husband can buy it. Which tells you he's in the picture anyway, before the van. That's right. He's around. Yeah. He has to be, okay. So he's around, and he suggests that the the ex-husband could buy it. And the the wife, ex-wife, the wife has a problem with this in general, it sounds like. Even just selling it to him, she feels like the husband has overstepped his bounds. Um, I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll come back to it. And so, and then then they they try to sell it to him. Uh, It doesn't sound like he can make the payments. And, And he lives in the van now. And he lives in their driveway. And in their house. And he goes in the house. He wanders in there. And now he works with the now husband as like an associate. <laughs> and the, the now husband says, yeah, that's going to give him some money so he can move out of this van or the driveway. Except for she didn't say he buys like drugs or booze with it. She just says he buys junk. Yeah. He buys yeah. crapola. And she says, but she says, uh, but I'm a, I'm a second class citizen in my home. I don't. Okay, so I don't know, Nathaniel. Help me, help me sort this out. Okay, here's what I think's happening. Okay, <clears throat> husband and ex-husband were pals. Have been pals. Yeah, have been pals. Okay, and that's how uh, wife found new husband. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> she was stealing from the cookie jar. Okay, I oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So now, ex-husband and uh, new husband. They're still pals. They're still pa- remarkably. Pa- yeah, because I don't think that worked with me. Yeah, this Paul's a real saint. Yeah. Okay. He, uh, you know, maybe it's his volition to to let her go. I see how this is playing out. Go ahead. But, you know, he still wants a pal. He doesn't want to spend a lot of money. You know, she took everything in the divorce. Right. Uh, New husband probably feels a little guilty. Yeah. For having stolen her. And so he says, "Listen, Paul, live in the van." Yeah. We'll give you some coin. I don't care if you buy a drum set and put it in the van. You know, what do I care, Paul? <laughs> you know, it's just old uh, Martha over here. She she doesn't care for it, but we'll just move on. Well, yeah, sure. You can choose what type of candy bar we sell uh, this month and be, let it be the special. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what's going on here. And I think uh, Martha has a reason to be upset. I'm, I'm troubled frankly. with the fact that you said drums uh, qualify as junk. I mean, like if everything it, else, I'm liking. And in, in a, a van, though. Well, I mean, it's never they're never junk. They're, I'm sure, but like he's got better things to spend his money on, like finding a real place. Mm. I don't know, man. If you were living large and got to stay rent free in this van, wouldn't you feel like this is time to buy drums? <laughs> he, he can move the drums into the living room. Time to beat the skins. <laughs> She 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 makes poor choices all around. Oh man, yeah. yes. So yeah, yeah. I I think I think Nathaniel's onto something. I think the guilt explains the now the new husband's behavior best. Otherwise, this is ridiculous. Like why? Now I don't, I don't care whether he was going to sell the van to the ex husband. Like what what does that matter to me? I don't care who drives the van around. The problem was the moving in, living in the van, working with and blowing money. It seems to be more the problem. But like the guilt would explain that. Is that he feels guilty for for uh, uh, putting the moves on this guy's wife, and so he's more tolerant of it. And the, the ex-wife uh, hates this, 
or the, the 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 wife hates this because she felt justified in leaving the guy, and now he's around, and now he seems to be sucking in new husband, and so she comes off the worst. But it, but if it went down like Nathaniel said, she I don't know. You kind of had this coming. I don't know. It's the whole thing's bizarre. If if my wife for whatever reason uh, left me and was with a friend of mine who very buddies since high school, yeah, and all that stuff. I would find a way to find a new friend, and I would just leave that situation. I would, right. I, I would, I had no desire to know what they're doing out there. You know, it's like just no, right. no. Can I'm I live in gone. your driveway in a van? <laughs> like no way. <laughs> Can I pop into your place? <laughs> Can I lay on the couch where you guys are in the bed that used to be shared by me. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. no. I'm just not. Uh, okay, this situation is messed up. What was her? Let me let's go back to here. She just said help. Okay, now, here's what I'm going to tell you. I think she has um, this, I'm a second-class citizen in my own house, I I think frames this incorrectly. There's something else, I think what we've discussed, you know, if it's even remotely close, there's other things going on here. This isn't just like, hey, my husband treats me less than. I have weird relationships with my ex-husband. Yeah, she's treating herself less than. Yeah, yeah, or treated the original husband less than and is now reaping what she sowed. In this odd situation, because the, the I think the new husband's totally feeling guilty about this. So, yeah. I think a second class citizen kind of sums it up. Uh, maybe not perfectly, but like if Doug and Paul are, are besties for life, and she's the third wheel now, uh, but maybe by her own volition or not, or uh, consequences of her actions or okay, not. Okay, that's that's true. Then yeah, she she she's a a second class citizen in the home when uh, Doug and Paul make all the good decisions, like who who gets the van. So what's not clear though, um, she says I told my husband this is not healthy for my mental well being. I, I, I mean, I'm, I would ask, I suppose, like tell me what you said to him. Did you say my hu- my ex husband cannot stay here? Did you try that? Were we super clear? This man cannot stay in a van in our driveway. I don't care that you feel guilty. Uh, I, yeah, okay. Here, so, so legit advice, here's what I would say. I would say the very firm thing. I would start with your current husband, and then uh, if, if it doesn't make movement like you want, uh, I would go to the ex-husband and say, look, you need to move out directly. Uh, you don't live here anymore. And I'd be willing to, like, if it could push, come, shove, I mean, you can call the law on him. He doesn't have. He does not allowed to stay at your place. I don't like calling the law on people, but like, if you asked him to leave and he refused to leave, yeah, I actually thought that myself. I thought, oh, that's that's what secular always says. I don't I know. want to go there, but but like, I mean, yeah. there's, there's a difference between you being a selfish turd, which is what most of the time people are trying to do, and they're trying just to further problems, versus like, I don't want this man living in a van in my, in my front yard, <laughs> and if he refuses to go anywhere, then like, I mean, he's trespassing. And that's now whether this blows up your current marriage is, uh, I think, a second problem. Uh, it might be a good time for counseling without yeah. Paul. Paul yeah. doesn't get to go. You you do with new man. You and new man do the counseling. And uh, you just need someone to help facilitate some conversations that you guys seem incapable of having. Because you know what would be fascinating? I'd be willing to sign a two-book deal with new husband. He's a fascinating character to me. <laughs> I, I, I'm interested in all the ins and outs of how he thinks about life. And so um, I think you need to – I think it might be time to call in a trusted friend or a counselor. All right. Secular says you are not a second-class citizen. Now, that's not true. You're just trying to encourage her. To Nathaniel's point, 
You may very well be. Yeah. Uh, she said, this arrangement seems crazy. <laughs> Boy, it takes a lot to get secular to use words like that. Uh, because it is interfering with your marriage, tell your husband the situation is affecting your mental health and insist upon a deadline by which Paul will be out of there. Guests, like fish, start to stink after three days, and Paul has exceeded that by far. He has a van, so whether or not he is saved enough for a place of his own, he won't be without shelter. Your mental health is more important than your husband having an extra hand in the business. Yeah, I think that's true. Okay. What do you think, Nathaniel? We agree? Yeah, Paul needs to get out of there. Okay. All right, here we go. Dear, live from the path. I have several creative friends who have either written a book or made a music CD. Oh, what the hell was this person, 85 years old? They got one of them music CDs. <laughs> I get asked to read or, oh, 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 I know where this is going. I get asked to read or listen to these creations and submit an online review. The book was written about a very rough divorce, and my friend described her ex using some gossipy and awful information that I knew was not true. She placed all the blame on her ex when it was she who committed adultery. A fact she conveniently left out the book. The music CD was not to my liking either. My friend cannot sing. How do I handle these review requests? <laughs> so far, I have simply not submitted a review because I'm not going to lie or give, ba- or give a bad one. But what do I say when they ask? You think, there's, you think there's any chance that it was uh, this book and or CD uh, was put out by that woman? With, with the van? Yeah. That's how it kind of crossed my mind. <laughs> It seems like the same situation. (laughs) Here's the deal. I I don't think it's going to sell a whole lot. So I don't think anybody's going to read your review either. So I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. But I wouldn't also wouldn't lie. I mean, in your review. Yeah. I mean, just say, um, I'm trying to think if I've ever had the situation where someone presented me with art in like a, in like a serious thing. And I had to go, you know, I don't love that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, music's easier for me. I might say, actually, both of those are, I I think I could, I would handle. If someone gave me a CD that I really did not enjoy, I might, uh, I would try to say one positive thing. I might try to say, you like, uh, as a matter of fact, this has happened to me. I've had a friend give me a CD and I listened to it and I said, uh, there was one of the songs I'm like, you know, if I had to pick a favorite, it would be this one. I don't know that I'd listen to it 15 times, but if, if I had to pick a favorite, I'd, I'd it'd be that one. And then I'd say, you know, otherwise, it's not it's not necessarily the type of music I uh, I listen to very often. But, uh, yeah, that one would definitely have been my favorite. That's probably all I would say. Yeah, and th- that's a fair. That's fair. Yep. You're helping them out, and you're also not being dishonest. Yeah. And then for the book, I would say, look, I don't I don't feel comfortable. If I thought a friend a friend of mine like non-quotes friend, had written a book that they didn't represent it correctly, I would say, look, I don't feel comfortable providing a review here um, because I don't – this is not how I recollect it happening. And so rather than contradict you in an online review, I'm just going to pass. Just ask if you can write the preface. Yeah. Can I write the preface? <laughs> the following pages are filled with lies and trash. <laughs> Let me tell you about the affair that happened <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it right was, before all of this took place. It wasn't always Paul. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you be honest, be kind, but be honest, and leave it leave it at that. Nathaniel, has anybody ever handed you something where you listen to it and you're like, eh, or read it? You yeah, it? I I knew a guy. I worked with him at uh, 3M, and he he was a temp worker, and he's the re- he chose to be a temp because they offered him a full time position, but he was a uh, drummer in a punk metal band yeah huh. and uh I was out like, of a van i'd like to get a listen on that because <laughs> you know i'm a i'm a metal fan yeah 
And uh, so he said, oh, sweet, bro. You know, he got all jacked up. And he came in and he gave me uh, a couple of the CDs. Yeah. And they were just terrible. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, they were they were awful. <laughs> uh, but uh, there was one song that kind of had a catchy, catchy chorus. Yeah. And so I said, yeah, that uh, that song had a catchy chorus. It was it was pretty rad. Yeah, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> we went on. We went on, <clears throat> on our way. Uh, usually, people don't ask me to read books, so or review them. So I haven't had that experience. But yeah, I wouldn't say that uh, you have to lie to them and say hey, uh, or make a fake up, uh, make a fake uh, uh, post online. That it was the best book in the world, and if they ask you why you didn't, just tell them to tell them the truth. Yeah, I think it's all right. Dan, have you been in that position? Uh, no, no. I've asked someone to do it to do it before. Uh, I was kind of thinking about that. Like it was in the late nineties. Uh, I, I wrote a little book, a couple books um, that were like from columns, which which I actually I was looking at some of the stuff today from it because my daughter. Wanted to know a story, and I was like, "Hey, I wrote about that once." Yeah, and I, I would say it's about a third grade uh, a quality a penmanship, a writing, not the penmanship, but the writing quality um, and skill. But uh, I, I I put this book together, and it was self published and everything. And I sent a, a copy or samples to Bob Russell, who was like, especially at that time, like one of the premier preachers in, in the country. Oh yeah, uh, and I said, "Hey, can you write a little endorsement thing?" And, and I thought he'd be ridiculous to do this. Yeah. Uh, but he did. Well, and, nice. And like a few weeks later, he sends back a little thing, and it's just on the back cover of my my book. And I think, gosh, uh, I bet now he's embarrassed about that. <laughs> but uh, but he did it. What a cool thing for Bob Russell to do. Yeah, I've always been just so crazy appreciative of that. Yeah. Because like, he didn't know me, and and it wasn't like I say it wasn't. It was just. I, it was just some thing I threw together every week for a column. I mean, it wasn't even it was just like, crap, I got 15 minutes. Quick, throw something together. Right. And and as I was reading one of the little stories, I thought it just sounded a lot like I had 15 minutes and I threw it together real quick. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, he, he still had a nice little things to say. Well, do you think Bob actually read it? Yeah, because I, I didn't give him a big sample. Oh, um, and, and, or somebody did. Maybe he just said, here, write a review. Uh, that, oh, that's yeah. possible. But still, he didn't have to put his name on it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's his reputation. Yeah. He's a big author, too, now. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe he did not ask me to review his book, though. I was going to say, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming, Dan. He's going to send you the snippet. Okay, so uh, that was our advice. Let's see. Uh, Secular says, tell your author friend, while she may be a talented writer, you are not comfortable endorsing her book because it's being used as a weapon to make her ex-husband look bad. Point out that if her book succeeds, he could retaliate by suing her for libel, and you want no part of it. As to your musician friend, all you need to say about the CD is that it is clear the singer has music in their soul. Oh, yeah, right. In the future, when you're asked to write a review, decline by stating that because you are a friend, you cannot give an unbiased review. Period. That's weird. That seemed real forceful Have at the end. you ever reviewed anything? Like uh, online? Yeah. An Amazon purchase? You have reviewed an Amazon purchase? Yeah, I did. Uh, I think I've done like one or two. I'm not very good at them. I've done a handful. I, I won't give negative ones. I give like restaurants and stuff. I think maybe if it's a bad day, I just give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to make them lose business. Right. But I'll, I'll, I'll do the positive ones like, hey, great experience. Really love the spaghetti. 
I've never given feedback, I don't think, on anything, any purchase I've ever made. No kidding. Yeah, I don't think so. Hmm. I don't know. I don't have an advocation whether you should start or not. I feel like I, like there's been times where I just felt uh, um, if it was a particularly good interaction, like I felt like I should say something because of all the people who don't, like all the Nathaniels yeah. Yeah. in the world. Yeah. If I have a bad situation, I'll, I'll write like personally. I'll yeah. send a message to the whatever, either corporate or local, whatever, uh, just so they know because I figure they need to know. Um, I was in a, a local grocery store once where they serve uh, restaurants food and uh, went into the restroom and I, I saw um, a cook come out of the uh, stall and not wash his hands and go back to the kitchen of which I was about to head to to order food yeah and I thought you know I'm kind of uncomfortable with that uh, and so I got on their little website and emailed the corporate and and I could, they were like bam they were within five minutes of responding back and I said, and even even my email was like, "Hey, not complaining. Just you know, you might want to review your uh, safety uh, procedures with your people in the kitchen." <laughs> I noticed one of the guys not washing his hands after you know dropping a deuce, right. and uh, uh, you know, it just kind of grossed me out. I'm sure it grossed other people out. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't make a big public you know stink out of it. Uh, he 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 made the stink earlier. <laughs> Sorry. It's gonna okay, be. that's going to tap us out. Hey, thanks for listening to Live from the Path. Uh, yeah, we, we really appreciate you hanging out with us. And uh, if you got any feedback for the show, hit us up on the Live from the Path at Bob Eisler Complaint Line, 515-517-0085. We'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Path. <laughs>